What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Call to Comeback Sports Podcast. I'm Bobby McInnes, alongside my co-host, Tom Splone. Tom, how's it going today? What's going on, Bob? I'm really excited uh, to be back here. It's been a long, uh, long summer off. Uh, it's, been, it's been a while. We're, we got the NFL season here. Um, both of our teams just picked up huge wins yesterday. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited right now. This is our senior year, so this is, this is the last ride, you know? Yeah, Sam, I've been itching to get on the podcast. And like you said, senior year, this is our last year doing it, so we're going to put our best foot forward, um, really make the most out of this podcast. We're going to have a bunch of our friends on, um, and we're really excited for some new things that we'll be doing later this semester and into the spring as well. And uh, I don't know, maybe we'll pass down the show to one of the underclassmen and and we'll we'll see uh we'll see we have a lot of uh hopes and uh, expectations this year right tom yes sir i'm excited all right so with no further ado let's get into it today we're going to be talking strictly about nfl um i would like to talk about baseball at some point but i think we got to just hold off on that um both of our teams are doing great both picked up a win yesterday on sunday the yankees and the mets um i mean the mets are coming off a huge sweep and and judge just I mean, what, he's 59 homers uh, now, and surely enough he'll get over 60 before the end of the season. Um, but like I said, back to what's hot. Football, we're coming right out of week two. Uh, we got two games tonight, Monday night. Um, but first time, let's talk a little bit about week one. What did you see? Yeah, week one was honestly really exciting. Um, I We saw a few nice upsets, uh, especially in that early, early slate. We saw the uh, Bears. Uh, beat up on the Niners, even though that was a really sloppy game uh, in the rain in Chicago. And then um, Jets had a tough one. I know Baltimore played pretty well. Lamar uh, ran, ran the football. He also threw a few deep bombs to to uh, Bateman. So we saw that. The Giants honestly shocked me that with that win. Uh, I was really excited to, about that win. Brian Dable looks like he's got the play calling that Giants want for uh, the fans wanted for a while. So, I mean, I'm excited about that. Surprised you didn't open up with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm trying not to be too biased here, but I'm trying to contain myself about the 2-0 start. No, yeah, it's definitely something to be excited about. Um, yeah, the Giants, uh, let's talk about that game a little bit. The Giants really impressed me, Tom. Um, you know, in that first half, they totally looked outmatched. The offense did not look good. I mean, Daniel Jones was, you know, Daniel Jones, what we expected. The one highlight, though, Saquon Barkley ran really hard that game. I mean, he finished with 164 yards and a touchdown. Um, but then in that second half, I don't know what Dable said at halftime, but they got it together. That offense was starting to click um, quickly. I, I believe they tied it up at 13-13 or, yeah. you know, they were down 13 at half. And nonetheless, they uh, came out victorious 21-20 to over the Titans. And honestly, First game with a new head coach um, and coming off of a very disappointing season, you really couldn't have asked for anything more. And I think, honestly, if the Giants didn't win that game, um, obviously they went for the two-point conversion to go ahead, but say they didn't make that two-point conversion, Giants fans and the Giants team could walk away very happy. I mean, they played a competitive game on the road week one. So regardless of the outcome, that was a huge week for the Giants. Yeah, no, you're definitely right. I, at halftime, I think every fan was basically saying this is going to be same old Giants. It, the offense really looked abysmal against the Titans in that first half. And um, their defense did bend but didn't break, honestly, uh, that whole game. I thought they had a really good game plan for stopping uh, Derrick Henry. And I think can't really say enough about the defensive coordinator for the Giants this year, Wink Martindale, uh, first-year D.C., 
uh, from the Ravens. It looks like the Ravens after yesterday could really use him. I don't know. They, they left on bad terms there, but I know that that wasn't – it wasn't because of his play calling because he's one of the best defensive play callers in the league. Uh, he loves to bring the blitz, and I think he had a great scheme to stop Henry uh, week one. He only held – the Giants defense held him to 80 yards on 20-plus carries. And what's even more impressive uh, to me – as a Giants fan, is the fact that they've been able to win these first two games uh, without Kayvon Thibodeau or Aziz Ojolari, who are their two top pass rushers, arguably going to be the two best playmakers, uh, hopefully, on this Giant defense this year. So if they could do it without them, and if you add that pass rush, I mean, this defense can be can be pretty solid. Right. You mentioned the Week 2 victory, so we'll stay with the Giants. Yesterday, another win against the Carolina Panthers. This time they were at home. Um, it wasn't a very exciting game if, no. if, if you're into uh, – well, let's just say they weren't on red zone very often um, because there was only one touchdown scored in the game, and that was actually the rookie tight end, uh, Bellinger. Um, yeah. who, you know, we'll see what happens with him. Uh, he definitely has some potential there uh, on that Giants offense. And, yeah, like I said, it was just a lot of back and forth, a lot of field goals in that game, but nonetheless came out on top 19-16. to 16. Yeah, like you just said, I mean, a win's a win, but that was one of the uglier wins I've seen from the Giants. Um, their defense, again, had a really solid game. I mean, the third down conversion rate for opponents right now is really looking very low against the Giants. It's like I think it's four for 30 through the first two weeks with the Titans and Pandas, which is an insane number. And if you can get your defense off the field on third down, that's like one, that's one of the keys to winning the football game, get that ball back and put up points. So, I mean, another great game from the Giant D, but I mean this offense, really, I know it's tough. It's, it's a whole new coaching staff. It's a whole new offense compared to the really bad play calling we've seen from the Giants these past years. So I'm not going to really just rip into Daniel Jones, but I mean, he, he's got to be better. I mean, he's 2-0. and can't, can't hate on him for that, but he really needs to clean up his act. He didn't turn the ball over yesterday, but there was a throw before the half that was a brutal throw with a cornerback underneath who really, I think it was Frankie Luvu, uh, who really should have picked that off, and it could have been a pick six. And th there was just multiple plays where the Panthers just really could have gotten a few takeaways off Jones and didn't capitalize. But, I mean, if Jones needs to figure it out, he made a few good throws when it mattered. That's why they won the football game. But you want to see consistency, and this is his, this is his last year to prove it. I mean, if he's not going to prove that he can be a franchise quarterback, especially you see across this league, like you'll watch tonight, Josh Allen, those are guys who are going to win you football games. You're not going to really sit here and tell me right now that Daniel Jones, you're going to count on him to go out and win you a football game right now. You're just not going to say that. So, I mean, he's got to clean up his act. I'm happy the Giants are 2-0. We have Dallas next week. It's going to be a huge week. Um, no Dak Prescott. So, I think right now we're definitely going to rely on our defense. But, again, I'll repeat it. Jones needs to clean up the act for sure. Yeah, Tom, you make a good point. I mean, it's all nice when you're winning games, but there are a lot of underlying issues here on this Giants team. You mentioned we'll start Definitely. with the quarterback, Daniel Jones. Um, he almost made a brutal – or he made a bad decision. You're almost – like you said, it was it should have been picked off, whatever. But, you know, week one we saw a similar situation there in the red zone, and he stares down – I think it was Saquon Barkley running yeah. a wheel route um, to the back of the end zone, stares him down, and the corner – I mean, it was basically gift-wrapped for Easy. him. Um, so those decisions, you know, his decision-making, it seems to be the same as years prior, and these are problems that have haunted him his whole career. Uh, and just looking back at the stats here, he hasn't gone thrown for over 200 yards in either game, which is actually kind of surprising. <laughs> um, but it you know is. what? It's not just the quarterback um, where there's a couple problems as well. You look uh, at the wide receiver room. 
uh, there's guys, there's there's pros and cons, right? There's guys who you would never expect to be playing well. Uh, Richie James is one of them. David Sills, another one, uh, played a lot in yesterday's game. But then you have Kenny Galladay, who is taking up a big portion of that cap, um, and he's just not being utilized at all. I believe he only had two snaps yesterday. Uh, proceeded to clear out his locker room. I don't know if it was to evade the media. I don't know if it was to send a message at the front office. I'm not sure the full story behind that. I'm sure we'll find out more as uh, the week starts to digest. Uh, and then also the second-year player, Kadarius Toney. He's amazing when he's on the field, and he's amazing with the ball in his hands, but he's not really getting on the field. You know what I mean? I, there's definitely some concerns there, at least in my eyes. Yeah, no, definitely. It's definitely not all butterflies and rainbows in, uh, in giant land, even though it is, it is a 2-0 start. There's a lot for them to clean up and, and fix because – Kenny Galladay is the highest paid receiver in the league this year. I, I, it's it's hard to imagine that, but he is. Hmm. And he gets two snaps this past week, which I have no problem with. Honestly, Dable kept preaching, "I don't care what these guys are getting paid. We're gonna go out and pay, uh, we're gonna go out and play our best guys that are gonna give us the best chance to win that week." And uh, David Sills, who is a practice guy. Go- practice squad player basically he's been on the roster these first two weeks and he gave them valuable snaps uh, last week and made a few nice plays for them I mean if God is not going to show effort I don't want him out there and, and that's the same with Tony but I don't think that's the issue with Tony I think the injuries is really where Tony gets in his own way and I mean the guy maybe can't even help it I mean he's so elusive in space and stuff so he's always making those cuts so those soft tissue injuries I feel like always find him and uh, it really sucks because I want to see him out there because whenever he's out there, he is making plays. But like you just said, it's tough because he's usually not out there. So, I mean, for right now, Richie James is carrying the load. You guys got like guys like Sills, um, Tanner Hudson. Honestly, had a few catches yesterday for the Giants, the backup tight end. Uh, Bellinger had the big TD. So what I like so far is it's next man up. Like the Giants don't have a guy, to, a main guy to go to. So it's always who's going who's gonna to produce for me now, who's going to produce for me now. And I think that's a testament to the uh, coaching staff, honestly, to utilize whoever they have on the roster. So it's the one thing for me. But, I mean, it is brutal having a guy getting paid, I think, what is it, $25 million this year, Galladay, and he's just not. That can go to other positions like cornerback where we're weak, linebacker where we're weak, and it's, it's just frustrating to see that when he's not even on the field. It is, but I mean, we'll see, like you said, as the season goes on, uh, how they'll decide to utilize those players. And to be honest with you, Tom, if, if Richie James is going to outperform Kenny Galladay and you're paying Richie James nothing, I mean, it's still, it makes up for it. You know what I mean? It's not like you have multiple wide receivers that aren't being used that are getting paid heavy. So, yeah, I mean, sure. it seems like Dable, when he took over, he's going to say, look, whoever whoever's playing the best, whoever I like, uh, and is understanding the scheme, they're going to play. And if Kenny Galladay is not that guy, he'll be out of New York very soon. Yeah, it's true. Speaking it's of New York, we'll switch over to my team a little bit, the New York Jets. Uh, coming off of a crazy, miraculous win yesterday, um, I was honestly speechless. There was a smile on my face, ear to ear, for the entire day. Um, but, Tom, I want to digest that game a little more. Um, there was a lot of things that I was upset with and had a problem with. Um, so you look, the Jets defense played absolutely terrible uh, that game against the Browns. Week one, I thought that they played great. It was like the complete opposite. I said, wow, this defense is holding Lamar. Uh, they only gave up 10 points by the half. Um, and I was like, they look really legit. They're flying around the field. Uh, I believe w- within the first two drives, all nine defensive linemen were used in the game. So the rotation was working. Um, and 
I credited the points that they gave up in the third quarter to just exhaustion because they were on the field the whole time. The offense did not help them out. They only had nine points, um, one touchdown, one field goal. Um, they missed a few. They missed a field goal. They missed an extra point. I mean, they could just not score against the Baltimore Ravens. But I still was happy with the way that the defense played. Move on to the next week against the Browns, and it's the complete opposite. The offense is clicking, and the defense sucks. I mean, the, the, there's no discipline on this team at all. Um, I can pull up. I, I don't have it in front of me, but just they've been penalized so much that game, whether it was like a necessary roughness call, holding call, and it, it was driving me insane because – I did like Robert Sala, but this year he's really reminding me of a cheerleader instead of a head coach. He preaches all gas, or no break, all gas, no break. But you know what? I haven't seen that this year besides the last two minutes or the last 90 seconds, if you will, of week two. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I could definitely see what you're saying there. But, um, yeah, I was really shocked to see this Jets win yesterday, um, especially when the Browns were up. I believe it was 13 points with about a minute 30 left. So, I mean. And the Jets had point, no timeouts. Jets had no timeouts. So you were relying on a quick TD and an onside kick and another TD. And that's exactly actually what happened. So, I mean, you don't see that ever, ever really. No, and for the, according to Next Gen Stats, the Jets had a .03% chance at winning after insane. Nick Chubb scored the touchdown to go up 13. Yeah, no, the game's virtually usually over, especially the – we know the Jets, like the, they don't win games like that. So that's that's a big win for them, uh, especially with this new young group that they got. I think Garrett Wilson's got a chance to be a really good receiver in this league. Uh, I believe he had, he had over 100 yards, uh, two touchdowns. I mean, you got to incorporate this guy into your offense. doesn't matter if he's a rookie. I mean, we saw Jamar Chase, he's a rookie, he went off. You got to incorporate the kid into your offense if he's making plays. And I mean, I thought Flacco threw the, I mean, the Jets did, I think, a better job of blocking yesterday than they did week one against the Ravens. Uh, week one, the Ravens did have a lot of pressure in Flacco's face, and there wasn't a ton he could do. Even if Zach Wilson was back there, you probably weren't going to do much on offense that game. But yesterday, it seemed like the Jets gave uh, Flacco a little bit of time to throw the football. And when he had that time, he threw for over 300 yards again, four TDs. I mean, that's that's what you want to see, even from, from your backup quarterback. So I know you said you were upset with the defense. I mean, I honestly, it's it's tough to stop that offense. I mean, Chubb, you have Chubb and Kareem Hunt who are just rotating on and off. So they're they're not they're never gassed, and they're one of the best O lines in the league. So that, that's just a frustrating matchup for any defense to go up against. So I'm not really going to get on the Jets too much for that. But I mean, the penalties obviously is a big issue. You you Salah preaches, like you just said, all gas no breaks. But you got to have discipline. You don't want to be committing a ton of penalties out there. Keep your defense on the field. That really kills – it just kills all the momentum and everything. But um, like you just said, this is a big win for the Jets. This gets them at least to 1-1. One one. You don't want to start the year 0-2 because then you're already playing catch-up. And now next week, they I believe the Bengals come to, to Jersey to face the Jets. I mean, the Bengals are 0-2. They're, they're obviously hungry, but they're struggling this year, and, and that O-line cannot protect Burrow right now. I think they've given up 13 sacks through the first two weeks. So I think the Jets need to dial up a lot of pressure, and they need they need their edge rushers to get home, and I think they got a decent shot. And then you're getting Wilson back soon. So I mean, it's there's definitely it looks a lot brighter for the Jets right now than it did last week. For yeah, sure. of course. I mean, the record reflects that, and, and now that we're one and one, it looks nice on paper. But like I said, there's still a lot of problems that need to be addressed in practice this week. Um, like you said, being more disciplined. Um, I think. It, after this game, Garrett Wilson needs to be the focus point in this offense. Um, Brees Hall looked great as well. I mean, that Brees Hall's game, honestly, a lot of people aren't talking about it because of Garrett Wilson's play. But he scored a touchdown in the air and was averaging seven yards per carry. 
um, on the ground. So kid's a, ru- a hard runner. Um, you pair him with Michael Carter. I mean, that backfield is definitely something special. And I think, like you said, this team's very young. I think it's going to start to click. The Jets could have more games like this going forward where they surprise people. Um, I'm hoping that happens as a fan. I'm hoping that that happens over the next two weeks. Like you mentioned, we have uh, Cincinnati at home. Uh I mean, Cincinnati's off to an 0-2 start. I'm sure they're going to have a huge chip on their shoulder. But let me remind you, the Jets beat them last year. And that was also with a backup quarterback. So, I don't know. It's, as we've seen with many of these games, any given Sunday. So, And then, you know, the week after, the Jets will play the Pittsburgh Steelers against Mitch Trubisky. I think if they can walk away... Uh, from those two games with one win, if they could split again and walk away from the AFC North um, being two and two, I think that's you know, that's a win definitely. I a think. huge win, especially with a backup quarterback. So we'll see. Um, someone asked me today. They said, "Oh, when Zach Wilson, you know, if all of a sudden Zach Wilson's ready to go Week Four and say we do beat the Bengals and we're two and one, do you stick with Joe Flacco or do you put in Wilson?" The way that I put it was, Wilson's a much more talented quarterback. Um, and obviously, if he's healthy, then he's your guy. But let's not rush him back. If Flacco's winning ball games, you've got to ride with the hot hand and uh, make sure that Zach is 110% with a full week of practice in. There's no reason to rush you know, a quarterback back when you have one that's playing so good right now. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I think Zach Wilson probably won't play week four, if I'm being honest. I think that was like the the best shot. For, I mean, that would be the best case scenario. Um for Wilson, if he plays week four, I think week five is probably your, your main target uh, if you want to play it safe. I mean, the Jets obviously aren't going to put him out on the field unless he's 110%. So, um, but to answer, like you just said, if Flacco's winning games, yeah, I mean, there's no point in rushing a, a kid back that's going to be his second year. And if he, if he gets another injury, then you're really going to put his career in jeopardy. So I don't think the Jets will definitely rush him back, especially the way Flacco is playing right now. So Yeah, and I mean, week five is a perfect target for him to come back. It's against Miami at home. Miami's been hot. I mean, yeah, they do look talk good. about the game yesterday. They came back um, down by, I think, 21 was the most to the Ravens. Um, but they came all the way back and won. They pulled it off. I mean, now this Dolphins team looks pretty good. They're living up to expectations to start the year. Um, and that's what I'm saying. So week five, that would be a tough matchup, but it would be a good time for your starting quarterback to return. So yeah. we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll obviously be talking about Jets and Giants week in and week out. So, Tom, this last part, portion of the show, I just want to ask you, what are some things that you've been surprised about and, and what are other things? I don't know. Um, maybe you have some early contenders, early pretenders. Give me your thoughts on some of these other teams before we wrap up. Yeah, I got you. Um just I just wanted to touch on the Dolphins real quick like you mentioned uh, a lot of people honestly were not giving this new coach Mike McDaniel much of a shot I personally was I think this this guy like really knows what he's talking about I think the league is honestly transforming into more of head coaches that are younger and are uh, offensive gurus honestly especially how they call the plays you've seen the Dolphins offense especially yesterday I, I was watching some of the highlights um, there's a lot of pre-snap motion and that Pre-snap motion is great, especially in today's NFL, because you want to misdirect the defense and confuse the defense as much as possible, especially the corners and the secondary. And you saw a lot yesterday. The Ravens up 21, looked like Dolphins were out of the game, but you saw a lot of Tyreek Hill wide open downfield, Jalen Waddle wide open in space. And you're, you're asking yourself, how do, how do the best players on the Dolphins 
how are you not keying in on to stop the best players? Well, I was looking and, and a lot of it was the pre-snap motion. It's, it's very confusing because you're like, oh, you got this guy. No, you have this guy and then he's wide open touchdown. So that's where I think this Dolphins team is, is very dangerous. I mean, you have Waddle and Tyreek, who are two speedsters to begin with. And then you have this head coach calling the plays. I mean, Tua Tagovailoa, we all know this kid's not Justin Herbert. He's not Josh Allen. He's not a top QB in the league. But I think the offense, they're making it very easy for him to do well, especially you saw yesterday. He dropped six TDs, almost 500 yards passing, which is actually ridiculous. So I think Dolphins are going to be a team to – to not sleep on. I know a lot of teams aren't giving them a, a great shot with Tua and this new coach, but they're they're definitely a sleeper team for me, especially because I have Tua in one of my dynasty leagues, so I'm really rooting for him mm-hmm. to go off. <laughs> so th- they're a sleeper team for me. A team I'm disappointed in, the Colts. My <laughs> brother's a big Colts fan. I was asking him what's going on with this team. Like, it's always, oh, we have the defense, we have the run game, but we're just missing that QB since Luck retired. And they thought they got it with Rivers, but no, he was washed up. They thought that they think they have him with Matt Ryan right now, not looking good. I mean, this offense just looks really brutal uh, right now. The first two weeks, I mean, yes, Shagans, you're you're going into Jacksonville. Yes, they haven't won a game in Jacksonville since 2014, so you knew it was going to be some sort of issue for the Colts yesterday. But to not put up a point and lose 24 nothing, I mean, you you tie with the Texans and now you lose to the Jaguars. Those are your two worst teams in your division. Obviously, arguably two worst teams in the AFC. You got to ask yourself, like, what are we? How arguably are we gonna... two worst teams in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So you're asking yourself, how are you going to compete with the Titans if you can't beat these teams? I don't know. I mean, they're they're in trouble right now. I think Frank Reich has to be on the hot seat, um, especially after missing the playoffs last year. It's it's do or die for them right now. If they can't figure it out and they miss the playoffs again this year, there's going to be a lot of questions asked in Indianapolis. Well, Tom, it doesn't get any easier. They play the Chiefs next week, uh, and, oh, no. and yeah, and then the Titans. So, yes. I mean, all of a sudden, if they start off zero and four, heading into a Broncos team that's been struggling now, but I mean, obviously, there's a lot of talent, um, and that that game's actually in Denver. I mean, Frank Reich, like you said, he's gonna be on the hot seat. He could be fired before we even get through halfway through. You know I mean, what I'm saying, yeah, I don't see an issue with that really, because when when you have easy games on your schedule you have to win those easy games because if you don't, then the schedule gets tougher and it's vice versa. If you win the games that you're not supposed to win, then the schedule opens up. So that's, that's just how it works. If you're not going to beat the bad teams, you're not doing nothing in this league. And that's, that's how it goes. And I just want to touch on one thing before we get to your takes, Bob, um, that Cardinal Raider game yesterday. I mean, the Cardinals, honestly, they still have me worried because week yeah, one, I'm not convinced about the Cardinals, but I'm, keep going. I'm far from convinced on the Cardinals right. because week one, they didn't play great. I know it was against the Chiefs. Their defense looked abysmal. Lost that game. Yesterday, down 20 nothing at half. They're looking out of it. They're in Vegas. Um, Clinsbury, I, I really don't know what he's doing with the offensive play calling. I've, I've got a lot of questions to ask about him. But Kyler Murray really stepped up in a big way he yesterday. Did. Down 20 nothing at half. Easily could have just mailed in the game and said, all right, we're starting 0-2. We'll get him next week. But no, he played, he played his butt off. Um, those last two minutes were electric to watch. I mean – just the amount of pass rushers coming after Kyler, Kyler, and he's so good at just dodging and, and weaving out of the way and runs away, scampers away. The two-point conversion. The two-point, he got the touchdown he ran in for. The pass that he made on the two-point conversion to force overtime was just threading the needle. He he really stepped up when he needed to yesterday, and I think um, that was just, just an electric game that I wanted to mention. But uh, the Cardinals are definitely a big question mark for me uh, moving forward, especially with Clinsbury. Well, that game told me more 
about the Las Vegas Raiders than it did about the Arizona Cardinals. And I understand that they opened up with a tough division game against the Los Angeles or this yeah Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. Uh, I was about to say San Diego, but Los Angeles Chargers. It's a tough division game. Chargers are one of the best teams in the AFC. Um, but then you have another game against the Cardinals. I understand there's a lot of talent there, but that's a game that has to be won at home. You yeah. were, they were they were favored by five and a half points, um, and honestly, they were posting a shutout at halftime. They're up twenty to twenty to nothing. It was their game to lose, and they lost it. They blew it. And I was high on the Raiders this year, but now you're off to an zero and two start in arguably the toughest division in football. I mean. <laughs> It's not good. Yeah, I lost all hope. I think they're the biggest pretenders now. And I was really, really excited for this offense after adding uh, Devontae Adams, um, going out and trying to help Derek Carr. They were, they were clearly making a push here. And, I mean, to talk about Adams, he was barely, he barely even involved yesterday. He had two catches for 12 yards. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to win games like that. That's that's crazy to me. And, and I, I'd be worried as a Raider fan with Renfro, too. I mean, he lost that fumble. Uh, yesterday, which basically cost him the game. He just doesn't look right. I know, I know it's early in the season. It's tough to get on these guys early. but You had a tough week you, one, though, too. You had a tough week one as well. You, you just don't want to start your year 0-2 because you're, you're just playing catch-up. But like you just said, you were high in the Raiders. I was pretty high in the Broncos this year. The Broncos, I mean, they're 1-1, one one, but they do not look good uh, whatsoever. So maybe we should have taken the other two teams in the AFC West. The Char- the Chargers and the Chiefs are probably the better team to predict to win. Cause yeah, well, to, well, to talk about good. that, I think, I think the Chiefs um, – came out and proved that they're the team to beat, actually, in that division. Um, that game happened on Thursday night. The Chiefs beat the Chargers. Yeah. Um, yes, the, the game ended in a three-point game, but uh, they were up by 10 late um, on Thursday. Uh, and in week one, they, they crushed the Cardinals. It wasn't even close. And and they're doing this without Tyreek Hill. They lost uh, their second-best weapon, I would say. Um, but they still have Travis Kelsey. But they add Juju Smith-Schuster. They add Sky Moore. Um, the running back game, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire looks 10 times better than he did last year. He's getting involved. Um, I already know. I haven't watched too much of the Chiefs, um, but I've already heard Carl Laft is his name called, the, the rookie uh, edge rusher out of Purdue. Um, and it just seems like this team is doing what they've done for the last few years, and that's just figuring out ways to win. So the Chiefs are definitely my team to beat uh, in the AFC West and honestly probably in the AFC right now. I understand a lot of people might take the Bills. Um, a lot of people think that the Bills are Super Bowl champs. We'll see what they do tonight. Um, honestly, yes. it's it, it's a 10.5-point spread, maybe 9.5 now. Um, but I'm actually big on the Titans to win this game. They've played the Bills hard um, over the last few years, and I think their um, style of play actually gives them a really good chance to beat the Bills because they're going to keep the ball on the ground with Derrick Henry, run down that clock, and honestly, it's going to be up to trying to stop Josh Allen. Not even stopping him, limiting Josh Allen, and yeah, they'll be that's, fine. That's all you can do. I mean, yeah, looking at the point spread tonight of that game, it kind of pops out of you because the Titans are t- – I, I view the Titans as a respectable team, a team that was the number one seed in the AFC last year. Um, let's not let's not mistake that. And they're 10-point underdogs tonight in Buffalo, which is like, wow, 10-point underdogs. Like, I don't know. I think a lot of – yeah, a lot of people aren't giving them a shot tonight, but I think the Titans are a pretty good football team, if, if I'm being honest with you. And um, it, they have one of the best running backs in the league, and if Henry can run the football, I mean, they're going to be in every game. It's just a matter of if Tannehill cannot turn the ball over. You see this happen a lot, too. The Bills are coming off of they, – they open up the season Thursday night against the Super Bowl defending uh, champs, the Los Angeles Rams, in Los Angeles, and yeah. and they smoked them. Like, they, they outplayed them. They looked like the better team. Now they're going up against a Titans team that is coming off of a disappointing loss, and – 
you just see this you see this a lot you know what i mean like a team that exceeded expectations the week before now they come home this looks like a typical letdown game at home i i, I wouldn't be, sur- be. Sur- i wouldn't be surprised at all if the titans win today yeah no i really wouldn't be either i mean we've seen buffalo have trouble too stopping run uh the run game at some points during the season last year i mean they that patriots game where they ran the football all over them that was pretty embarrassing um but you know the titans are going to try and run the football tonight so we'll, we'll see I mean, this is definitely going to be a close game. I'm really, ex- I'm actually really excited for the Vikings Eagles game. That's probably because I'm a Giant fan. But um, if Eagles lose tonight, Giants do have the uh, sole possession of first, which would be nice for the fans to have for a week. Um, but I think it's going to be a really good game. Um, Darius Slay on Justin Jefferson all night is going to be a good matchup to watch. And um, the storyline really is Kirk Cousins though. Like, can he finally, can he break his curse? What is he two and nine on Monday night? Can he, can he find a way to win another Monday night game? I mean, this guy is just not fun to watch on prime time. He never really shows up. So this is going to be – this game has a lot of storylines for sure. No, definitely. And I could go off for like another 10 minutes just ripping the Broncos. <laughs> but we'll, <laughs> we'll wait we'll, until Jimmy Cody. Yeah, we'll wait for, for Jimmy Cody to come on for that one. Um, to say for them. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple other teams. For, for me personally, the Bengals, I wouldn't be too worried about them if I'm a Bengals fan. Obviously, I want my Jets team to beat them next week. The O-line sucks, um, which is disappointing because they added a few pieces. Yeah. Um, but what sense. I will say is like, their games have been decided by a field goal um, both times. The week one was overtime field goal, and week two was a uh, late-game field goal um, by the Cowboys. I understand you cannot lose to Cooper Rush and the Cowboys. No. However, that being said, yeah, it just it didn't break their way. And I don't want to make an excuse, but I think it's a little too early to be concerned about the Bengals. Yeah, it's a, it's a little too, too early to be concerned about really anyone. Honestly, yeah. until you get to week five, I'd probably say – that's week five or six is when you can start hitting the panic button or not, depending on what your record looks like. But, yeah, like you said, the, those games just did not go their way. That They should have won uh, week one. If, if Mika doesn't block the extra point or if their snapper doesn't right. uh, mess up the snap, I mean, there's a lot of things that can go can go wrong, and it did for them. So, yeah, I'm not really pressing the panic button on anyone yet, but it's been right. a fun two weeks. I know. It's so nice having football back. Um, just – spend your entire Sunday sitting on the couch in front of Scott Hansen for 10 hours or eight hours with him. And then the Sunday night game. Um, so yeah, it's nice. And we're in for a treat tonight. We already kind of previewed the two games. Um, and I mean, we'll see what happens. So it's probably going to be a week until we talk again, but Tom, maybe we'll start doing a show twice a week. We'll see if our schedule starts to open up. Uh, I know a lot of friends want to come on the show and I think, I don't know, there's definitely a lot of potential this semester. So Yeah, definitely possibly we could do Monday, Wednesday or something. But yeah. Yeah, so it's been a solid first episode. I'm Bobby McGinnis alongside Tom Spallone signing off, and we'll see you next time.